The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Day one, Celtics Media Day, the official kickoff to the season. Um, that's it. They're off and running. Bobby's still in uniform. Bobby's still in his Media Day uniform. Yeah, it was it was so exciting being there. I'm still trying to save the day. It was it was fun. Does Some of the guys. Notice, does anybody notice anything different about Bobby's background? No, Al. Where's Al? Is that it? Al's been gone for a minute. He's been gone a little bit. All right, I haven't been paying attention. Anyway, Al Horford is not gone from the Celtics. He is still here. But yeah, Bobby, what were your impressions uh, just right out of the gate here with Media Day? And again, we're just going to hang here for a little bit. We'll play some of the sound, give you just some of our thoughts. Kind of a non-eventful day, but there's definitely some stuff to parse through. So what were, what were your kind of takeaways? So Joe Sway and I talked earlier on our hits outside the practice facility. My biggest takeaway as far as the mood went from today is that this is a pretty unfamiliar group you think of this team going back five six years now to the beginning of brown and tatum's careers pretty much they've played together the whole way through it's been the same core it's been the same guys lots of friendships lots of relationships sometimes butting heads but mostly laid back fun cracking jokes all of that the, the fact that Grant's gone, Smart's gone, now Rob's gone, we haven't even gotten in the locker room. We haven't even seen them out in the practice floor. And I could already get a sense of, all right, this group's just at the ground floor of getting to know each other. And that's before you even think of Drew Holiday arriving today, this morning, and not even doing his physical and not even practicing yet, which evidently is going to take a couple of days here. So Porzingis got here for the first time two weeks ago. He seems completely unfamiliar to this group. Drew, of course, played with Tatum a little bit in that USA run uh, in the Olympics two summers ago. Other than that, all these new guys are completely new. Not a lot of relationships, not a lot of ties, obviously not a lot of, or if any, playing time together. So Jalen said it today. They have to emphasize chemistry. They have to emphasize gelling together throughout the course of this year because especially the core players now are so unfamiliar with one another. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not the same. Last year, media day around this time. You know, here's the thing. It's the second year in a row when you talk about catching these guys and how much are we going to read into tone of press conferences. I went over this the other day. You know, I just don't think they love talking to us. So oh, you know, Brown and Tatum, especially today, yeah, <laughs> they were already yeah. done with us already. Brown was, you know, uh, and we, you know, it doesn't matter. Like I said, I don't put that much stop in stock in that. It's not the same, but this is the second time there was a bombshell dropped on them right before the start of media day and training camp that they haven't had a time to process and digest. Obviously last year was a big shakeup with Ime uh, situation and being uh, suspended slash, you know, fired. And then Joe coming in there and them not really having a clue. And then there's this, and you do wonder like how much does Brad speak to the players before a trade? I doubt, I doubt that much. I think they just find out after. And it's like, yeah, so we traded these guys for this guy. And then doesn't matter if you like it or not. That's it. That's your new reality. And you got to kind of move on. So um, it was definitely like, you you know, they, they, whatever they're feeling about all of this, they've only had about 24 hours to process it. 
so it's it's new to them too. So obviously, I think you can kind of factor that in a little bit um, into you know whatever from today. Some people here in the chat are saying. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they seemed focused. I thought it was pretty boilerplate. Uh, what I will say, my, my first takeaway is I didn't think they sounded like they, you know, missed the guys leaving as much as you would have thought. Um, I do think they're legit excited for the basketball aspect of the people who are coming in. I think, you know, game recognizes game. Guys who are all-stars, guys who play at that level, you know, and who want to be considered up in that upper echelon and that class and they want to have rings and all of that stuff – they know, they know who Chris Tapps Porzingis is and they, they absolutely know and respect Drew Holiday. Um, so it's going to be hard to quibble over that acquisition right now. And I think you look around and you're like, you know, I mean, gee, how many times have you been this way? Like playing with your buddies, you know, like you got your, you got your pals playing pickup and you're like, who's beating this starting five? Like, look at this team. You know, we're going to go out there and we're just going to run it game after game. They must be looking around and being like, who's hanging with us? Like, this is a good group of players here so I think they feel that a little bit yeah and Tatum talked a little bit about the expectations of this year and that's another thing I keyed in on today the urgency of those two Brown and Tatum you see all those changes around you you see the aggressiveness of the front office this offseason plus the lost opportunities of recent years and you're wondering is there going to be a renewed focus uh, and intensity to this year and I still get the sense that they're both trying to keep it even keeled uh, I think Tatum specifically said yeah the urgency was 10 out of 10 last year and now it's 10 out of 10 this year so uh, I, I do wonder how much those two understand the height the importance of this year ahead because this is the all-in year there really can't be mistakes there has to be the focus of uh, figuring out the right way to play gelling with one another all of that um, but I do like the talk of defense I do like the talk of consistency night to night and being out there each night it, it's just are they going to show it you know everyone's going to say the right things of course both got asked about their relationship and ability to compliment each other and they both kind of rolled their eyes at it but that's a real thing. It's not something we're just <laughs> throwing around. Hey, listen, for the hell I, of it. I'm going to tell you this, uh, you know, you know, who's answered uh, the questions about whether those guys are compatible have been, a and whether they complement each other have been answered by Brad who keeps bringing in other people to compliment them because I don't think he thinks that on, on their own, they complement each other well enough. They, they need more pieces. I think the drew holiday addition addresses so many different things here um, that you need. He is a complimentary player. He's someone who's going to have the ball in his hands more. He's going to be a decision maker. He's going to, you know, help provide that spark and that defensive intensity. And, you, you know, I, you wonder whether they thought they had that with the group coming back. I don't know that they necessarily did. Um, I think they definitely wanted – they were hoping Brogdon would be that guy. I think both sides recognized they were not – right for one another after just a year, even though on the court, it looked like it was working pretty well. It sounded like that was kind of an ugly, the way they talked about it, kind of an ugly split. Uh, they really didn't want anything to do with one another from, from, from what we're kind of hearing in the reporting that's gone on. Yeah. Some staggering reporting over the last couple of days. Yeah. A so reveal, a revealed yeah. injury, pretty much what we suspected that he wanted out. If not, I want to get back in here and, reintegrate and smooth things over it seems pretty obvious at this point that the conversations between brad and brogdon over the last couple of weeks weren't uh you're back you're safe you're good it's more 
we're gonna we're find gonna a fig- new spot we're gonna for figure you. this out for you. We're gonna figure this out for you. And that might be all good for him too. I'm gonna be very interested to see what he says whenever he pops up on a different team, wherever that's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how. I mean, he's a he's not gonna say it. Um, he's not gonna say it. So that's fine. A um, couple things though. You talk about like what you know, like we've talked about this all the way through. You're always looking for those hints, you know, in terms of are they getting it? Um, and like, will that whatever it is in Tatum and Brown that hasn't clicked over into the full understanding of like what it's going to take to get the championship. And you wonder, you know, you thought last year after being humbled in the finals, their entire thing was, we're not going to let that happen to us again. And then they did in, in an almost in a worse way, the, 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 the next year. And so eventually, you know, you're going to be one of those guys going back and thinking like, okay, maybe, maybe it is me, or maybe I do have to think about things. So a couple of things I thought were interesting. Tatum didn't necessarily, didn't say it to us. I think he said it to the NBC crew about the uh, talking to Paul Pierce, right. And the importance of, uh, of pulling teammates in, of pulling people in, making everybody and what it took in 2008 and how they had to be the talks going out together, doing stuff. They had to form a bond and a closeness to get to that level. This kind of flies in the face of a lot of what, you know, we've heard. And I think it's, again, is I think people naturally, you know, Celtics fans, they get really protective and their defense mechanisms go up and you say things that I don't think you mean like, Oh, they don't have to be friends in order to win. And they don't have to hang out. They don't, of course not. They don't, but it's better. If you do, it's better. If you like each other, that's always the thing is nothing has to happen. Shaq and Kobe. There's plenty of examples of people who just went to work did their job, got it done. But it's so much better if you guys, if they have a bond. And I, that being conveyed to Tatum in a way that sunk in a little bit, I actually thought was was important. Um, if that does click a little, which is like, yeah, I can't just like show up and then have my guys that I like, but like not really be vocal and not, you're the guy, you're the, you're the epicenter of it all. Like whether you want to be or not, you got to bring people into your universe. You're Jason. And, I, and when you're talking about right now, sure, there's veterans on the team and there's pros on the team. Horford, 37, Holiday, you know, Porzingis has been around. They're not kids that need to be molded, but like you're still the guy. I mean, when Peyton Pritchard is the third longest tenured person uh, on this, on this team, you got to figure out a way to make everybody get together somehow. And it's not going to happen. That's- Who's going to do it if not you? You think Drew Holiday's just going to start a click and like a bowling league in his first, you know, Wednesday <laughs> bowling with the guys? Like, no, it's got to be Tatum and Brown. And they that was part of the thinking. In. Yeah, That was part of the thinking of this offseason is leaving no doubt that it's on those two to lead and that everybody will look to them as the connecting factors, uh, which they embraced a little bit today. Again, we'll see it in action rather than in words. Uh, But one thing I talked about with someone there at the uh, media day today was the fact that they've pretty much traded all of Tatum's close friends now at this point, obviously close to Rob and Grant in his corner his best friend years ago, Javante green, all those guys gone. So he does have to form new ties with, the incoming members of the team, as well as maybe the guys on the roster and Brown, of course, among them that uh, traditionally he isn't hanging out with and uh, connecting with off the court. And I'm sure you liked as everybody else did, John, the training camp per se that they had out in LA there with Paul Pierce. It was great to see refreshing. Maybe it happened in the past as Jalen talked about today, but uh, for it to happen now, Heading into this season, 
with the stakes and both working together with Tatum's trainer there, Drew Hanlon. So they're connecting on the things that they're training individually for this season. I just think it can't hurt when it comes to being on the same page this year, talking through things, maybe scenarios on the court, uh, maybe certain plays running through together there, or at least spots on the floor where they can connect and find each other more consistently. The one thing we talked about again, John, during the playoffs that stuck out most to us, the amount of times they passed to each other or got involved in the same play together decreased substantially. There were certain games we looked at, especially in those East finals where they both disappeared second round. You had those games where one night's Brown's night, one night's Tatum's night. And Tatum actually said it in that interview with Goodman. People like to say we take turns, but I think we've gotten a lot better at playing off each other. That phrase is the big one there. We say it all the time. And I know, I know it drives people crazy because it's like, oh, taking turns. What, what does that even mean? Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com, gamblinghelplinema.org, or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. That's what it looks like sometimes. One quarter, Brown shoots seven times and has 15 points, and Tatum has two shots. And then the next quarter, Brown has zero shots, and it's Tatum taking eight shots. Like, it goes in waves. It goes that's in what waves. we mean by and taking turns. And that's the turns. point is, when you're doing that, it's like having only one of them on your team because the, yeah. nega- the other is completely negated. Or they're just standing when, around. When you talk about complementary, that's the whole point is they're not complementing each other. It's a my ball, your ball situation. When it goes well, it's when each of them is shooting a fe- a fish, uh, shooting well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on the nights that they're having high efficiency shooting nights, then it's great because both are making the most of their opportunities. But you're right. It's rarely when they're playing off of one another. And often you see it in spurts, Tatum's quarter, Brown's quarter, blah, blah, blah. This guy gets hot. This guy gets a bunch of shots. So you'd like to see, and, and I like don't to get... see it just be more democratic. That's the whole point is like, what do we talk about the key to this series, this season, this team, this team reaching the next level? Uh, when Tatum and Brown realize that it's less that they need to score less is when I think that they're going to take a leap. When they stop thinking that the only way I can help right now is if you give me the ball and I get a bucket. And they have to recognize there's a lot of guys out here that can get buckets. There's probably 10 things I can do to do to whatever. That's just, you know, move, set a screen, make the good pass, make the secondary pass, just something. It doesn't just have to be give me the ball and get out of my way. That ISO stuff is really should be reserved for late in games when you just need a bucket. 
it. You give it to your guy and you say go. But like the rest of the game, they should be working to incorporate their teammates uh, in the games as much as possible and doing a lot of the little things. Both of them talked about commitment to defense. Those are great. Those are words. I want to see it, though. Right. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. especially off the year they just had. Because you and, have so much talent now. There's no, it doesn't have to just be you guys, right? Yeah. And that might involve getting off the ball a little bit, doing a little bit less offensively. So you have the energy and uh, intensity and commitment to that defensive side of the ball there. And the word that comes up too is sacrifice. That doesn't mean just fire the pass off and get out of the play and get out of the way there needs to be involvement in terms of movement you know who said it today and as defensive as brown and tatum get about this i don't even know if anyone's thinking about this guy he's probably not going to play but delano banton got up on the podium today and was like i'll play one through four i'm screening that's all i'm working on right now is screening so we can create matchups and find openings in the defense. That's all I'm really focusing yeah. on right now is setting screens. And, and Brown and Tatum never do that for each other. They'll be doing that for Kevin Gelly in Maine. <laughs> but Brown and Tatum never do that for each other. And I get it, right? Whenever you say that, the explanation is, oh, you know, they're both getting the best defenders on the other team. So what are the best defenders just switching? It really doesn't create an advantage. But they never try it. And for them to be involved in the same action sometimes, I don't think can hurt at least create some indecision on the defense's part. Uh, but those are the little things that it can feel like you're above when you're a star, but doing those things, you mentioned the defense, I'll mention the screening, the passing, the movement, those four things. That's what's going to set a tone for other guys on the team to do that consistently. And now that you do have a third star here in Porzingis, involving him and inspiring him to do those things is going to be important too. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, we got to get into um, a lot of the same, uh, you know, the news of the day is still holiday. Um, he was not um, present because he has to pass a physical and um, then he's going to start practicing. But that could honestly be uh, th- that could be tomorrow. You might you might see him at practice tomorrow. So obviously we're you know, we'll be waiting to see Drew and hear from him. Uh, as well. But naturally, I mean, this is the first chance to talk to anybody uh, about what went down here. And, you know, I think, you know, you watched our shows. I think we struggled trying to figure out whether it was worth it. You know, how much are you giving? Are you giving up too much? Are you giving up too much for an older player? Uh, will you have enough depth? You know, wh- what's it worth to you? And I think all of us were hoping, you know, you can get this done without including some, you know, basically you wanted to do this deal without Rob and it just wasn't going to get done that way. I think that's probably what put them over the top reports today that um, really three serious bidders along with the Clippers in Miami. In addition to the Celtics Celtics had the better package. Those are three of the teams that holiday wanted to play for. Those are three teams. I think holiday probably wink, wink said I'll extend and, and, and stay with you guys. So I think they got, I think they probably have some good assurances here that he's going to, unless you know, you know, everything is miserable that he'll stay. So they made this not with the idea that it's a one-year rental, that this is somebody that they're going to have for the future, much like they did with Porzingis. Uh, we're going to extend this guy. This guy's going to be here. So that's what they gave up. Uh, whether it's worth it, I'm not sure, but here's Brad talking about, you know, just how they reacted to it. And again, when this trade went through, everybody instantly, Bobby, we were all like, 
they're going to make a play for Drew, aren't they? And bang, they did. And uh, here's Brad just talking about how it all kind of went down in the in the last like 48 hours or so. Do kind of the the numbers that had to match, so you had a list of guys that might be in those type of deals that you might be interested. So you have to stay flexible and ready and all that. Um, you know, I think that um, when it became Drew, it was like. You know, it's, it's never ideal timing right before training camp. Uh, but at the same time, this is a guy that you want on your team whenever you can get him. You've got to pay a good price for things, right? Like, that's the way it goes. We're trying to win a championship, We're trying to be as good as we can be. Um, we, we certainly did. And, and you know, um, two picks and two good players. And um, that is, that is a, a real price. And... Um, but that's how good we think Drew is. That's what stuff costs. Yeah. And it is some, what it is. Some reports over the last couple of days that the Blazers wanted many more picks for a uh, holiday than this. And I'm, I'm sure that's why Brad's sitting out there saying, yeah, we played a ton. In the end, I don't think the price comes out looking like an extraordinary amount. You know, I don't value future picks significantly, but 2029 does put yourself out there a little bit. 2024 from the Warriors, that's easy to give up. And you're fortunate some risk, that that's some the risk second if, pick. If, if, if things go to hell there, because I was pretty excited when they got that one, because you, you know, you know, there are Steph Curry, tur- you've got, you know, you've got, they're old. That's a team that could fall apart. And when things fall apart, that team would go, could go yeah. into the tank pretty easy. The difficulty so- is there's so much uncertainty in the draft. And especially with their fortune drafting, going back to 2019, hasn't boded well to helping out this core, especially with how much they're prioritizing the now as they should with the team they have. So I like that they're focusing on bonafide players like a holiday, despite the long-term risk with him as well at 33 entering a contract that's going to push him close to 40 now if he extends. So there's some risk here, certainly. And there's some playoff questions too with Holiday that you have to look at when it comes to his shooting drops in those situations. The numbers are great for him on a regular season basis. Uh, but one of the big questions you have to ask now, along with the starting lineup and some of the defensive aspects of this, is whether or not he'll be thrust into that smart role where – is he actually closer to a 30% three-point shooter and defenses are going to hedge away from him? Because right now you look at this team and it's like, all right, who the defense is going to hedge away from? It can't be Porzingis, can't be Brown, can't be Tatum. Even White's so active, it's tough to lose track of him. You wonder if Drew will be the guy that they say, all right, we can lean off him and dare him to make shots a little bit here, come playoff time at least, because obviously the regular season production for him has been incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, I just – I don't put as much stock in that as, 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 as everyone else does. Yeah. I, I just think the sample sizes are relatively They're small. Sm- and he was the second option there for a lot of that run, wasn't he? So yeah. I'm sure there the was thing. a little bit of a coverage yeah, I mean, on him. again, right. It's like, and every situation is different here, you know, and in this particular situation, you're, you're the third or fourth offensive option on a team just changes things completely, you know, and yeah. you're right. It's totally different when it depends what role you're thrust into here. I just can't see that being a thing. So when everyone, I know everyone in the chat likes to a bunch of people, Oh, the playoff stuff. I, you know, I bet the percentage of his shots that are wide open are going to increase pretty dramatically. Yeah. And that always helps your percentage. Yeah. 
Uh, good question here. How does Brad, the GM, take so many risks when Brad, the coach, was afraid to go away from them? Interesting. Was he? Well, I mean, if you look at that first Rob season when Tristan was a safe play. Yeah, and the that, that year did, was weird. That was a little different for him. Because if you remember early in his coaching tenure, he would try everything. Starting Girl Hayward Green. because it was the safe play, even though he yeah. might have thought he had other people on the bench. But Hayward was a sensible thing. You know, I think Brad was also Brad. Brad had a good demeanor about him, but Brad was clearly learning on the job as well. Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting. I, the fact that he's, you know, it, it's a good question. I just think he, it's less about, I think people are quick to say things like all in. I just don't think it's all in. I don't think that's how GMs work. It's not YOLO, you know, like I'm just going to do this, burn it to the ground, Dave Dombrowski style, and then the next guy can clean up the mess. I think Brad's looking at this as a, I'm going to be here for 10, 15, 20 years. I'm not looking to, you know, I don't want my life to suck five, five years from now because I did something for now. It's not a win now. It's not a small window. Tatum and Brown are entering their primes. Your window is actually seven and eight years if you keep, you know, replenishing the stock here. But when the opportunity to get talent presents itself, you get it. I think he's very clear on that. If he sees an opportunity to get a player he likes, he goes and gets him. He saw an opportunity for White, and he really liked him, and he got him. He saw an opportunity for Porzingis. None of us had that on the radar, but Brad's like, I want this guy. And then Holiday, who he, Brad said in interviews today, that like I, I would walk into Danny's office and be like, is there any way we can get this guy on our team? Like anything you can do, you know, they tried back with Kemba Walker there when he first went from the Pelicans, um, you know, uh, over to Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, we did kick that trade around. You know, so, I mean, that's been on the table. I think they saw that and his eyes were like, oh, it's available, <laughs> you know? And so that's what he did there. And I, I, I do agree in the whole sense that it's like, talent wins, man. You know, like you can talk about balance and, it's and, with and this and that, but like you it, leveling up in talent and letting role players be role players is what you do here. Uh, and that's what he's trying to do. Yeah. And it's proven with him. The Bucks identified and chose him as that all in move. And theirs yeah. especially was given the amount of picks that they sacrificed in that deal. I, I think the contract going out with Eric Bledsoe wasn't a huge factor there, but you gave up your whole future essentially and your ability to go in any other direction for a star. But to make you can always move. take a step. Anything that you do now is you still have assets. If you realize you want to clear some space, you can trade a deal for an expiring and you can move, you know, you can take a half step back in order to, to, uh, you know, address the future. Might you have like this year and the next year are going to be great. Then you have to take a step back for a year or two, not a step back, but you won't, won't be quite as strong, but two, three years later, you will be like, absolutely. Like you look at it over the course of six, seven, eight years. You're not just thinking like one year now and that's it. I yeah. think you have to, you have to sneak in a move like this before next year because it becomes extremely difficult. Uh, and then you figure it out after that. But again, you have pieces now, if you need to move off of something, you'll move off of something. Yeah, and you might sneak in one more by the end of the year. And Brad talked a little bit about that today, too, yeah. the big man depth. And do you need another one given the loss of Rob and what you have at center? And he said, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm sure that that's going to be a conversation through the deadline, whether or not they need that. Almost like last year, because remember a year ago, you're going into the season without Rob. And it's like, all right, do you need to sign someone? They bring in Blake right around this time as camp was beginning and it's like, is that the right move? And then Cornette did end up emerging and playing pretty well. Noah Vonley was playing a lot to start that year. Uh, but Rob returns. Jimmy's guy, Noah. <laughs> 
Rob returns and you're like, all right, you're in decent shape now, but we're still going to go out and get a Mascala. And that didn't really work either, but they kept trying. They kept looking for opportunities. You have a Grant TP this time around, so you can probably take some more aggressive action on addressing that position. But right. based on everything Brad said today, they seem very confident in Luke to fill that role. And we'll see what they go with for a starting lineup. If they start Al, you're going to really need Luke. If Al's coming off the bench, he can be more of the backup there and they can split their minutes, uh, stagger guys a little bit. And I think that's the more likely scenario. Uh, But Joe talked today about maybe doing a little bit of both. And that's not traditional, but it might be the way this team goes. Yeah. 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 I'm curious. Um, And I do want your take on Joe, whether you're – because there are questions about Joe – we we asked them um, we asked them yesterday on the was it yesterday were we live yes with the trade stuff yeah it was jeez I the forget, trade I happened yesterday <laughs> trade happened. it's so it's amazing um, we asked about whether Joe's going to insist on I think the best coaches play coach to their personnel and um, you know the is Joe just going to say like no I I want to do this and we're going to do this because this is what I like and math 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 I'm not sure so uh, I, I want to get your take on that based on, you know, Joe today, who showed you a little love in the press conference as well. Uh, tell everybody quickly at home about our uh, terrific sponsors. And, of course, we have to start out with FanDuel, uh, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and also the official partner of the NFL. Uh, and, you know, NBA season around the corner, too, so you can't, uh, you know, you, you, you can't ignore that also. But uh, – as far as NFL goes, you know that that's kind of where the action is right now. And if you want to get involved in it, if you haven't already, a great opportunity to take advantage of this special offer. Uh, 200 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. you got to visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Check that out. Take advantage of that special offer uh, right now. Once again, FanDuel.com slash Boston, America's number one sports book and the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. And what else are we going to tell you about? Uh, odds are oh we're gonna tell you about well we're gonna tell you about that we're gonna tell you about odds are great great this pairs really well with FanDuel if you are already uh uh have a what's the what's the word I'm looking for if you have a FanDuel account or if you're gonna get a FanDuel account but you're not really sure what you want to do or how to do it uh odds are is honestly a great resource that you can check out they're not a sports book they just give sound betting advice odds are.com slash Celtics go there Download the app, get a 30-day free trial. Uh, Really smart stuff, very analytical, uh, using a lot of analytics and AI and different things to really tell you where the smart money is at. So once again, oddsr.com slash Celtics. It's a free 30-day trial. There's no reason not to check this out. So, uh, Bobby, uh, other take- 200 bonus bets. Yeah, take those 200 bonus bets and parlay that into who knows what. Um, So- uh, Back to camp here. Uh, we'll get into Tatum and Brown a little bit more. I think there are a couple of questions, starting lineup being one of them. Um, anything stood out to you from Joe? Because when we talked about this, one of the things we said, and like, it's still the biggest question mark of this team is Joe. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you want to see what he's going to do, how much different he's going to be if he's going to mature. Um, again, it's a press conference. We are, there's only so much can be gleaned from it. But your takeaways from Joe today? The press conference has been great, which is good for us. I, I think we can expect a little bit more from him there this year. And I've been grateful for that. The answers have been a lot more uh, informative and 
you know, he's given us extra time and everything like that. So that's been awesome. But beyond that, the actual tangible stuff that people care about here, I, I said it yesterday and I feel this way, honestly, I think you're going to see a better Joe this year, not only because of the assistants that are in place. And I think they got some really good ones, but I think he probably learned a lot from last year and you heard it today in some of his answers. How much did he deflect last year when I would ask about defense or the topic of defense came up in general all you heard over and over again was we're number two. We were number one for this week. We were number one for that week. Today and throughout the summer, he's admitted that at times the defense didn't stand as solid as it did the year before. And today, I think probably his best answer was that he didn't even feel the need to emphasize it because it seemed so obvious to him that this group of NBA guys that a team that, of course, was as good as any defense we've seen the year before would just bring it on that end. And that I think informed a lot of how he came into the year. In fact, one of the first things he said last year was, you know, we mastered defense last year. So now it's time to take a look at offense in training camp here. And they did emphasize offense for pretty much the entirety of last year's training camp. Uh, But we saw it, John, it wavered. They finished 10th out of 16 teams in the playoffs in defense. They had some awful stretches, especially in the losses to the bad teams on that end. And so he said today, you know, I'm going to emphasize it more. I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to make sure that we're playing with intensity on that end. Because you've said it, John. So much of it is the effort. So much of it is just prioritizing choice. it and choosing to do it. Right. And it's Tatum even said that or, today. Or it's a, you know, when it matters. It's, it's the classic when it matters, I'll do it. You know, like. But they didn't need... do it when it mattered last year. Well, because it's, again, you can't, it's this you don't flip switches you develop habits you know yeah. like even though they're pros like you're not playing like like balls to the wall intense switching nobody beats me defense unless you have the mentality all the way through everybody on the floor and you're connected and you're committed to it and that becomes your identity and you're right like I did say last year at periods of times, and I'll definitely eat this one. I always thought it didn't matter because I thought like they needed to fix their offense. And so focusing on that was important. And like, I thought if they lost, it would be because they couldn't friggin' get buckets when they needed to get buckets. It was probably a little bit of both, but the reality is flipping the switch on defense, just when you feel like it, it doesn't really work because how's everyone else on the floor going to know that you feel like playing right now when you haven't really cared about playing most of the year, you know, like you're, you're, you're leaving people, you're, you know, you're hanging people out to dry by giving half an effort and playing Ole defense and getting stuck on picks and, you know, not turning your head and getting lost on back, back cuts, which just happened way too often last year, not communicating on switches, you know, doubling at the wrong time. They did so many boneheaded things. That was just clearly, they just hadn't played, good defense for long enough to be able to do it routinely. And so when they needed it, they didn't have it. I mean, they were terrible. I mean, look at like, I mean, just look at how many, I I go back to the one with the hardened three against Philly and like Jalen doubling in the post, like what in the world, like how in the world does that happen? You know, like they'd have such woeful miscommunications and just brain farts at the wrong time. They're just, so yeah, you gotta you gotta get it in your head that that's what we do and take some pride in it, or else it's not gonna happen. Yeah, you needed to play on a string last year too when you were doing Better. things like yeah. that because the Miami series especially. And I actually went back and watched a bunch of film last week. It's amazing how many of their fourth, fifth options stood completely wide open. Your Caleb Martins and 
Gabe Vincent's. They would ignore those guys. They'd hedge so hard and no one would rotate after. And those guys shot open threes all series. Uh, so the fundamentals, the scheme didn't work well last year either. And one thing I've said too, that gives me encouragement going into this year, Joe wants to defend a different way than he does. And I think he has really good personnel to do it now. It's not necessarily a given now that they're going to play with double bigs, which I think would have been nice uh, to have given what they're trying to do here. A little bit of Rob off ball with Porzingis and a drop would have been fun to watch. Um, but I still think they have enough length. I still think they have. You haven't. can still play it though. If you just do the math. Okay. Yeah. Again, like I did a ver- very simple math. If you have Chris Stapps playing, let's call it 32 minutes and Al on 24, that's eight minutes of overlap. If you don't play another big, a single minute in that game. And Brad, and that's a couple of probably that's probably two four minute stretches per half when you do go to it and you can maybe go to it late if you feel that that's a lineup you need to close with you take d white out and you go double big absolutely can see that happening sometimes late in games and i would not be stunned if they do that and if you commit as we said the other day which i think is important to role players playing roles you got to give Cornette six, eight, ten minutes a game. Just three, four minutes a half is all you need just to spell people and keep them fresh so you can have the rotations that you want later, uh, you know, in the game when you absolutely need them. So, again, you got you to gotta commit to playing your Hauser a few minutes, your Pritchard a few minutes, Cornette, Brissett, whatever it is, Svee, I don't care. So, yeah, you got to do that and you got to keep your guys fresh and, 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 you know, and, and get there, but they can still do double big when they want to go double big. I think the problem is when you start with it, when you start with it, it, you have a problem. Like when you start double big, that means your third center is your second center because they're the first one coming off the bench to spell people. So you mess with your entire rotation when you're committed to starting with them. That's why I was, that's why I always hated it, especially yeah. if you're going to, if you're going to limit Rob and Al's minutes, I didn't want Al playing 37 minutes. And if you're going to limit Rob's minutes, you're playing them together. You're just messing with your rotation. I think what's probably going to happen here, and it's going to make the chat mad, but it's just probably the way it's going to go. I think they'll start Horford, give him that quick pull they'd give Rob to bring in White very early in games, and then stagger that the rest of the way until they close with the smaller lineup. I think that's probably the way to go there, especially since... I think you when you're playing the Bucks of the world, when you're playing the Sixers of the world and the Heat, you are going to want to counter the Bams and Giannis's and Embiid's with Horford. I just don't think Porzingis, and I know he's gotten stronger and better defensively, but you don't want him guarding those guys, the Jokic's even, if you get to that stage in the finals or whatever it might be. I think that's the biggest question mark on the team because Horford's still the best option against those guys. I still think Horford's the best option to cover the pick and rolls against the bigs because you really don't want Porzingis playing up at the three-point line. Their best defensive look's going to be with those double bigs. It's just really tough to put White on the bench when he thrived so well playing with the starters last year. But the good thing is is that he's so willing to do it. He won't care. He won't say a word about it. He'll just go if that's what has to happen. And if that's what's best for both players, if White can thrive off the bench, Horford, as I said, he's only ever come off the bench for 13 games in his career. It's incredible. Yeah. That might be where he's most comfortable, too. I think that's what they're going to do here. And maybe it's a little bit of favoritism. Maybe it's not the best five guys. But if you're closing with the best five guys, and Brad said that today, that's what's most important. Yeah. 
Um, and it is that 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 really is what it comes down to. Uh, you know, probably more important than 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 who starts. But I, I do believe that Al's going to be coming off the bench there, and I think that's okay. Um, and yeah, you can figure out what you're going to do, and yeah, you you can mess around if you're going to do it. Yeah, maybe you do. You know, maybe you you you, you sit D White and you go double big some games. And you that... just play Horford for like three four minutes to start the game, and then White's right at the scorers table. They did it with Rob last year, remember? Yeah, it's not it's not crazy. Uh, we're gonna hear. Uh, we're talking about the holiday stuff and again. We were curious how people would react because we did say. Yeah, they've messed a lot with the mojo of this team and they've changed a lot of personnel and how would they respond to it? And here's how everybody uh, reacted to, to Drew. And again, I, I think, Bobby, to a man, they're pretty pumped about it. Here's some reaction. Plays with a great mindset and has the reputation, um, you know, of being a tough defender and and somebody that can really change the game on both ends of the floor. So just looking to plug that into, you know, kind of the roster that we have. Um, Drew is... Fantastic. I know a tremendous amount of respect from Drew, from somebody who he's guarded and I've had to guard, you know. It's just he plays with a certain force that you could just feel. You know, he's just uh, he's just super solid, man. And just as a competitor, he's an assassin, you know. So to be playing alongside, I think it would be, you know, a tremendous honor. Uh, I think it's very important. I'm certain that we can learn a lot from Drew. Uh, being on a team that, you know, won the championship and that had to face a lot of adversity. Uh, you know, I remember Giannis got hurt in the playoffs. Uh, they were down 0-2 in the finals and came back and won. So I'm certain there's a lot that, you know, um, we can learn from Drew. Uh, you know, on the court, stuff that they had to overcome and off the court. Uh, so, you know, looking forward to, uh, you know, having him on his team, what he brings, you know, uh, as a player and as a person. So again, I think they get it. Um, I, I will say um, there was definitely some, uh, when they spoke about the departed, Rob, they spoke with, with great affection. There wasn't a lot of affection or really anything directed towards the departure of Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I, again, he was only there for a year. You don't have the same history there. Uh, but I think it was noticeable. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that last year, too. He just seemed to keep to himself. Again, when you talk yeah. about the group of people who were, who were close to Tatum and his circle, friends of his. Brogdon came here to play a role, and Tatum did thank him for that and acknowledge the efforts he made over the year he spent here. Brad, similarly. But things just didn't seem to end great there on, on any front. I think he grew really frustrated with that Heat series, the injury, certainly the handling of that, and then the near trade was the last straw, obviously. So this is a tough guy to lose. And when we weighed doing this trade, I did say if Brogdon's Brogdon from a year ago, that's tough to pass up on. But when you look at these two guys on the lower third here, we had like 50 questions about these guys coming into the year. And so many of those were make or break to this team's championship fortunes. Yep. And when you talk about Drew, you don't have many questions. He's a near certainty of what you're going to get from him. Uh, along with his ability to stay on the court, he's played 70 games, I think, the last six years. So uh, he's a certainty. I, I think someone put it well. Um, you had like four, three, four 
injury concerns coming into this year. Now you have like one or two, maybe that's better. It's, I mean, that's the thing is I, I hate, like I said, I don't like playing that injury game, but you're right. It's like, if guys get injured every single year at a certain point, you have to, you know, wonder what's going to happen. And with Rob, you know, like, sadly, you feel like he's peaked uh, already um, physically at, uh, at the very least. I don't know how much more refined his game will become. We haven't really seen much of it. Um, and so how, how much of what you're missing with Rob is the memory of Rob or the memory of, you know, or the flashes that you get with Rob versus the consistency. What was it going to look like? If, if I, I'm going to point level. out again, I because when I say it in season, everybody flips out on me. I, there were periods and moments where you saw Rob's athleticism come come on, like come on at, at times throughout last year po- post surgery. It it's still not anywhere close to what he was in that period of time where he was with the, with the revelation of what he was like pre surgery. He was just insane. You know, like I don't think physically he's gotten. He's ever gotten back and I don't know if he ever does get back. So there's that, which is already, I think he's slightly reduced from what he was a couple of years ago. And you wonder is again, the risk of re-injury aggravations, whatever it is, the deterioration of whatever's going on in that knee, as they said, those types of surgeries, arthritis can build up pretty fast. And once it does, you know, you can become Kemba Walker really freaking fast. So um, those things are scary. I'm not saying it would happen, but I, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out in my, in, in my own mind, how much of it was what Rob was versus what I thought Rob could still become. Um, I'd kind of changed my thinking a little bit on that, but an exciting guy and a guy who does things I really wanted. I really wanted to see him do it for a full year. I really did. So not seeing him do it here is going to, is going to hurt a little bit. Thank if he does. The injury threw everything off. And then, of course, Udoka's firing because Udoka prioritized in a way, him in a way uh, that this team didn't upon return. And you, you could imagine a world where he's coming off the bench playing limited minutes again for this team. The in and out of the lineup shakes his development as well. Not to mention that when you start to rely on him, you can't lose him again at that point. And it's not just injuries. He played inconsistently too. There are definitely some games where you're like, where's Rob? Yeah, it's like, what's he doing? You know, he's all, <laughs> he's, he's a little off. He's, he, you know, he leaves his feet early. He switched, he jumps out on a guy and he should stay home. There's, there's always those things too. And it wasn't all him. Of course, they struggled to find him too and prioritize. Yeah, him, nobody so passes it... to him. Those guys, nobody, <laughs> nobody on the team could throw it up in the air. You know, Tatum and Brown, the amount of lobs that they threw combined was like, I, you know, it's so it, it reaches the point where you're like, all right, what are you passing up on and what are you risking here? What's going to make you regret doing this? And he'd really have to go out to Portland and become this stable, reliable all star for you to say, oh, geez, like, you know, they screwed up letting that guy go. And it's just tough to imagine given the way his career has gone so far. You hope for the best. I think he's in a pretty good situation out there to play a lot and figure things out and maybe eventually ends up somewhere else or he's part of that team's core going forward. But where this team's at right now, I still think you were way too, and Jimmy feels this way too, caught up in if Rob's healthy, they're going to do it this year. And you really kind of keep going year by year with that. And 
having that be what you everyone said it last year. Like, wait, on. oh my God, they're twenty-one and six. Wait till Rob gets back, and he did, and they weren't better because he wasn't right. You know. And remember back to that defense conversation. A lot of the guys on the team said, "Yeah, you know, the defense hasn't been great so far, but when Rob comes back, we'll be all right." I know, and and they also said like we take it for granted because we're just used to him to cleaning up our mess back there and yeah. making up atoning for mistakes. You don't have that luxury anymore. Which again, maybe that will uh, allow them to you know, or force them to play uh, more consistent, disciplined defense uh, throughout. So, you know, I'm curious if that, you know, changes because you're right. You don't have him back there anymore. Uh, we're we're going to talk about a couple more things, but we also have to tell you about a couple more of our sponsors, uh, one of which you know well by now, uh, and that's AG1. It is, uh, you know, a terrific supplement uh foundational nutritional supplement supports whole body health a lot of athletes uh take this uh or they take care of their bodies uh and they endorse this product they drink ag1 it's one of the reasons that i you know hey if they do it they're obviously doing something right so you know that's all it is one daily serving uh vitamins minerals probiotics adaptogens boom one scoop cup of water and you're done uh Daily nutrients supports energy, focus, strength, clarity, uh, really simple, small thing that you could do every day comes up to about three bucks a day versus chasing a bunch of different pills and vitamins. Make it part of your daily routine. Go right now to drinkag1.com slash garden. Once again, that's drinkag1.com slash garden and take advantage of this special offer. And that's a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs once again drink ag1.com slash garden another sponsor we want to tell you about and again uh fall is super busy if you don't have time to cook uh take advantage of this deal for america's number one ready to eat meal kit that's factor meals go to factormeals.com slash newsfeed 50 use the code newsfeed 50 for 50 percent off that first purchase once again factormeals.com slash newsfeed50. This is fresh ingredients. This isn't frozen. Fresh, wholesome ingredients delivered to your door. Heat it and eat it. Two minutes later, you're eating. It's great. Heat it and eat it. (laughs) Heat it and eat it. That's all you got to do. Two minutes, you're having a nice, fresh, restaurant-quality meal. You can customize your options, get healthy options, do whatever you want. They've got these shakes. Bobby loves the shakes. He loves the shakes. Um, So you could take care of of that too. Support either of those sponsors. Send us a receipt. We will send you a t-shirt. That's what we're going to do. Get the t-shirt before the season begins. Uh, Garden Report t-shirt. Just fill out the form that's in our chat and receive a free t-shirt when you send us a receipt here. Uh, Bobby, other uh, picking up the pieces here. That's my motivation to get in the gym these days is the shake at the end. Yeah, get the shake. (laughs) By the way, Joe today threatening to put me through a training camp. Joe gave Bobby a shout out. We don't. We uh, we our our camera was a little off at that point, but we'll put it on. We'll put it. We'll put a social clip out there when we get it. But uh, Joe, Joe and Bobby got a little got a little thing going. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned because I know what's coming, and I don't know who will join me among the media members if this happens. But we know how Joe's felt about the press corps at times. And we know how intense his workout routine is, and I'm sure the team's practices. So the day, whenever it comes, that he puts us through a training camp, and the reason he brought this up is because the Jazz, I guess, put their media members through a training camp before the actual camp starts. I don't know, just for fun or whatever. And so I'm sure they're just running suicides and just getting their ass kicked. So the day 
Joe gets us out there on the floor <laughs> on the line is not going to be fun. But if we get video of it, I'm sure you guys will really enjoy it. <laughs> oh, goodness, no. That used to be my favorite thing uh, when I was when I when I played basketball. I loved it. I loved suicides. I did. I loved it. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't if I, I couldn't make it through 20 percent of one right now. Uh, I loved doing those. Yeah, you got to be in that mode, and I'll tell yeah, you. I, I loved them. I loved them. I loved doing them. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, one other nugget, small little nugget, just a uh, news nugget. Uh, you know, you always like first look at people. How do they look? Everybody looks good. <laughs> you know, and again, oh my god, Porzingis! I know we saw him. This blew me away today at the introduction. But sitting a little closer to him, he has the longest arms I've ever seen. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> He's so big. Uh, Horford looked, again, terrific shape. Looked even a little bit. He actually looked lean last year. He looked a little more put together this year. D. White looked solid. Jalen looked solid. But another thing, uh, Jason Tatum uh, said that he added 12 pounds of muscle in the offseason. You know, (laughs) what? I liked when he was like, yeah, I've set some records in the gym this summer. (laughs) Good. I mean, I'm sorry. And, again, he has to be stronger and he has to play through contact better it's it, he he's made marginal improvements but the key for him right now is don't be so friggin' cute at times you know if you're gonna go you got to be able to finish through contact and get your shot less too much foul hunting you know and too much complaining about the contact embrace the contact invite the contact that's when he's going to be more successful look for the contact um and you got to be a little bit stronger to do that especially at that four spot and if he's going to play off the ball more this year with holiday on the team you would like to see him get the ball down in the basket area and maybe even post up a few more times a game we know they're going to integrate that a little bit with Porzingis Tatum's low post game is exceptional and it's going to get him some high quality shots in there it's going to get him to the free throw line quite a bit and his free throw numbers I'd say among everything we've seen from him over the course of his career ha- have been the most pleasant surprise. They just keep going up. Uh, he continues to get there at an enormous rate. And the more he's going downhill and attacking the basket, the more that's going to happen. I do wonder back to the conversation about Joe, how he'll toe the line between using Tatum's gravity at that three point line to draw other guys off, uh, off their assignments and pull the pressure toward him and utilizing some of the other ball handlers they have now to get Tatum looks inside the arc. Because I feel like back to the adjustment conversation with the coaching here, they really leaned into that last year, having Tatum be that point of attack. We heard all the conversation this summer before the holiday edition of him even being the point guard of this team. Now you don't have to lean as much on that and you can have a little bit more variety and flexibility. And given the muscle here, given that he's going to be playing the four, given that you want him screening and rolling a little bit too, which he's awesome at, the muscle gives you great offensive versatility as well as, of course, the ability to guard some bigger opposing fives if they're going to switch a lot this year, which they probably will uh, when Porzingis is off the floor. Yeah, um, very possible. But he's the guy, you know, we talk about all the additions. We talk about all the changes. It's him and it's Brown. How good can those guys be? How versatile can they be? And then all the leadership stuff we talk about, that's going to make or break the championship here. Tatum really struggled in the playoffs. You go back, you go back basically through time and look at, you know, 
you know, NBA champions, just, I mean, how far back are you going to go? Every single one of them has a top five player on the team who plays like an MVP, you know, like it's, you got to be that guy all the time when it matters and, and without it, it's really hard to get there. Uh, and so he's got to be that guy. You can't have best, your best players shrink in, in big moments. Uh, they they go as far as, yeah, I mean, look, the margin for error is greater when you have such a good supporting cast. The Milwaukee Bucks won a title and, you know, it wasn't all Giannis. They got the contributions from their other guys. You absolutely need them there too. Um, you made but, it through the second round because of that last year. Yeah. But it's the the strength of these other guys, you know, the strength of what, you know, Tatum and Brown and their the leaps that they take um, will be the one, you know, will be what gets them over the top. We talked about like their camaraderie um, as uh, as, you know, a, a topic that, you know, Tatum, you know, Pierce brought to Tatum's attention and then whether or not they're complimentary at all. And this was, I thought, my favorite pointless moment of the press conference, but Jalen Brown was asked about um Hey, you guys worked out like, look, cause I mean, look, yeah, I, they're, they're tired of hearing it. Oh, do you guys like each other? I mean, and every time they answer the question, I I'm more convinced they don't like each other rather than it doesn't help the matter, but they worked out a little bit together this summer and people love to see that. It's like, look, that's our guys. They're getting together. That's the connectivity we want to see. And so that's a positive sign. And Brown was asked about it. And this was his answer. No different than any other workouts. I think we've worked out in the summer before, um, but you know nobody was paying attention to it then. But I guess everybody's paying attention to it now. Um, but they they were fine, you know. Got in with Drew and uh, and JT, um, and just started building, just trying to get better, trying to improve together, you know, trying to work on our chemistry and you know be better for you guys. So how many how many times have you and Jason worked out before? <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you and Jason worked out before where you say people weren't paying attention? I mean, is this, people are thinking like this is the first time, but it wasn't. I don't think it was. No, it definitely wasn't. Um, we've been playing together for a long time. So we worked out in the summertime, summer workouts, especially younger, uh, at younger points in our career. Um, you know, a lot of things were like different kind of in the last years. It was COVID, it was weird kind of off seasons, you know, maybe not as much, but you know, we've definitely been in the gym before, but. You know, it's always good to to show it, you know, because if you don't post it, it didn't happen, you know. I love the follow-up there. John's great with the (laughs) follow-ups. He's like, when were those times you worked out? Because I don't remember them at all. And uh, (laughs) And Jay was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we did. Here's the answer. (laughs) You didn't. You didn't. Uh, COVID, right? Yeah, you know. No, you didn't. You didn't. (laughs) So I love the man. line at the end of the first answer too. Yeah, we did it for you guys. Yeah, uh, you know, if it didn't post it, it didn't happen. No, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. <laughs> that was really the answer of the day. It was awesome. I loved it. It's so it's like... easy. Like you keep tossing them the softballs, and all they got to say is, "Man, I love that guy. He's the best." I know. <laughs> they just can't do it. You know, we've been. Th- this is the line they love. We've been teammates for a long time. <laughs> Hi, Catherine. I hope you're not. We have other. The only girl here. I don't know. I hope not. Uh, that that bite killed me. Uh, oh, it was so funny. Yeah. Tatum too. You got Tatum. I don't have Tatums. 
But I know Tatum kind of rolled his eyes to it. He just, he let out the sigh. He's like, (sighs) I know what you're going to (laughs) ask. The funny thing is like, they clearly have an awkward relationship. They're not really buddies, but they have mutual respect for one another. And I think that's been good enough. They don't, don't hate each other. They don't hate They're each other. They're just not best friends. And also now that, now that Brown is signed, it doesn't really matter because one of the issues with that uh, was always going to be, um, what if he wants to go somewhere else and be the alpha alpha? He's tired of being in Tatum's shadow. They always draw up the last place for him. He doesn't get the ball in, uh, in, uh, in, in crunch time and it's Tatum and that's, or John's going to drive him out of town, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like all of those stupid, all of those stupid comments are, are, are moot now. It doesn't matter. No, it's going to be nice to have a year where you can't be in any trades there's no yeah. conversation about his future and he can just play his game. And uh, one of the friends of the show I saw tweeted at you, I think his name's Greg. He was like, this is going to be a great year for Brown. Cause he can be the fourth, fifth option driving that role. And no one's really going to question it. And that really is where he's ideal last year. And to his credit, you know, he's talked about how he's had a sacrifice within the flow of the offense and it worked well for him. He had such an efficient year he finished plays rather than started them a lot of the time. And now that you have another ball handle in front of him in Holiday, that just takes that much more pressure off him. So you have to be excited about what Brown can do this year. And for him, again, he's just saying it. You want to see it in action because it's been a struggle these last couple of years. But he said today with that all defensive comment, it's about locking in and doing it night to night this year and yeah. being consistent with it. And we know if he locks in and dials in, he can defend at a high level. And if that's something he carries throughout the season, that's going to help this team a lot because he's had a few rough defensive seasons in a row now. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's it. Uh, Bobby, uh, final takeaways. I've got one myself, but I, you know, uh, I'm not going to call it a rant, but I, I have one takeaway. Do you have any other takeaways uh, before we wrap up the show? Yeah. I'm interested to see the demeanor of this group and how it evolves throughout the year. Again, today, I think many in the chat said it and it was true. Definitely seemed professional locked in and serious today. This group sometimes in the past, and I've said it being in the locker room after before a handful of games, it was silly season. Sometimes definitely a lot of just friends fooling around and a looseness that carried through last year. I think that even Tatum acknowledged when he said, yeah, it was tough to get up for those Monday games against Charlotte and Detroit and those kind of nights. I think last year provided a little bit of a wake up call for this group, along with the fact that they traded two of the cornerstone guys uh, on this team and Robin smart. So uh, there's going to be a natural business-like attitude to this group. And I think you asked the question yesterday, John, are we going to enjoy this team? A lot of the personalities that people really loved are gone now. And even though this team fell short of championships and had their issues, you love the characters who were a part of it. The front office went out and said, all right, people want a championship. So we're going to make some maybe unpopular, risky, difficult moves that increase this team's chance of winning a championship. And I think you're going to do it this year. But are you going to enjoy this group as much? Because it's definitely going to be a more dialed in, serious group that isn't as familiar with each other early on. Maybe they develop some bonds and some fun personalities. Of course, Weird Celtics Twitter is always going to handle that if the players don't do it themselves. But 
today, it just felt, and I don't know if you got the sense, John, that this, this is a group that really doesn't know each other all that well. And the fans probably don't even know a lot of these guys who are coming off the bench yet. When you think about Mahai Luke and Banton and Brissett. So it's going to take some time to develop a love and passion for this team. I think for fans. It, it, it will. I look, there's always something to, there's always something to be said for homegrown and yeah. like the nuggets, you know, what did their GM say afterwards? Or what did a lot of the players say? Like, Hey, we trusted the process. We kind of had faith in our guys. We waited it for it to play out and it culminated in this. And they well, have- they, they're a great comparison too. Cause they traded some fan favorites and guys that they really loved in Monty Morris, Gary yep. Harris, Will Barton, but the best players in their core stayed intact, you know, and yeah. they won with that. And so those guys were, were whatever. I think the seriousness, um, I think you're right. We'll see how they get along. I think the seriousness is, um, because there's no excuses anymore. I don't think they had excuses last year when they were the favorites because they went out and added Brogdon and they got more talented. And uh, obviously Gallinari who ended up not playing, but they were the prohibitive favorites when the season started last year and they mucked it. Uh, And they ended up with a cupcake matchup against a heat team that they should have (laughs) beat. And they had everything. They had every break they could have possibly gotten and they, and they didn't cash in on it last year. And so they're out of excuses. No doubt about it. They have to be serious this year and they can't look around the room. Like they just got to get it done. Um, So, Oh, hold on one second. Uh, But that's one thing. What I will say is this, this is my takeaway of, of all of it. I, (laughs) there's this notion among fans all of this time that like only if you're a real fan, you support the players and like real fans don't want to trade smart and real fans want to keep the team together. And like, it would be stupid to trade that in your heart and your soul and your identity. I tweeted about go get holiday. And I mentioned Brogdon and two picks and half my timeline was like, that's way too much money. Look, sorry, Brad looked at this team. We've said this for a couple of years. This team, as currently constituted, wasn't going to get there. And if you're in second place, you're in last place. It doesn't matter. The team, in in our eyes, was not winning a a championship. And clearly, in Brad's eyes as well. This team needed to be shuffled. The, The they needed better pieces. They I Brad recognized it. And, and made multiple moves, and that's why you have the roster that you have now. You can't forget where they were, 3 nothing in that series. All the chaos, all the dysfunction of those couple days, the finger-pointing. That's where you finished. I know they came back, and they deserve credit for it, and they fought hard and almost made history, and maybe were a couple injuries away from actually accomplishing it. But the story of that series was where you ended up through three games, and especially that game three. You hate to use the Q word, but there was some quit in that game, and that was unacceptable, and there had to be some consequences for that. And that's what happened this summer, and maybe it's for the best. These two deals, I said it on both fronts, even though I had some reservations about both moves. If you never messed with the core and saw what this team looked like without Smart – you were never going to know. And if you didn't make a tough move and go for Drew and, again, minimize some of the uncertainty around Rob and Brogdon, you'd look back at the end of this year if you fell short and said, man, I wonder how this would have gone if we got Drew. And now you're going to know. And that's the thing is, if they they fail to win, it's not because Smart and Rob are gone. It's because the best players didn't play 
the way that they should. That's, there's no doubt about that anymore, right? There's no doubt about it anymore. That's it. it and again, I keep saying, if you need, I, I, I've said this a zillion times and I said it yesterday as well. If Tatum and Brown as their best players, two all NBA guys need people to motivate them to play. And without that, they can't do it. Then they're the wrong guys. And you got to explore whether they need to be here long-term or whether you need to move on. And that's it, man. Like that's what else are you going to give these guys? You know, teams dream of big threes. They've got big fours. You know, they've got, I mean, this is a joke. It's an embarrassment of riches in terms of talent. So don't tell me the departed guys or lack of chemistry or identity is the reason it didn't work. Yeah. If something goes horrible and they hate each other. Yeah. That, that sometimes could happen, but anything short of that, it's really the players and whether they do it or not. So again, Brad figured this out. And he went and he did it. But all of this talk over the last couple of years, every time people would talk about, well, you might have to consider breaking it up. You might have to consider blowing things up because it's not working and people would shout it down. And then Brad went and did exactly that. So I'm sorry if you spent the last two years saying, stop saying trade these guys. They're fine. Run it back. Then you don't get to puff your chest out right now and be like, look how awesome this team is. Okay, you're in timeout for a little bit. You have to rethink. You have to rethink your priorities and then you can come back in and start to voice your opinions again. All right? That's that's all I have to say. Yeah, and you have the flexibility after this year to address things again, given the massive contracts that are on the roster. But yes. you'll get there they when you did. get there. I, do you think it could – can it backfire, Bobby? Yes. They might have left themselves with holes. They might have built a roster that isn't deep enough. This was, I think all of these were moves that 10 out of 10 GMs make. I don't think they were that risky. They were aggressive, but they weren't that risky. Yeah. No doubt. And I think it's hard to disagree with them. And the and next I think bold most... thing is to figure out if Joe's the guy and you got to pull the ripcord on it mid season. If you think he's not, I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah. Again, though, I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling good about him going in this year. I was very critical of him last year, but I'm liking everything I hear so far. Uh, and I love the assistants. I think they're going to support him and put him in a good place to succeed. I do what John am today about, like who's going to be the defensive guy? What's the role is going to be? And he kind of bounced around that question. There were a lot of questions today that just got avoided completely, which I never love, but that's the name of the game here. And we'll see how that develops as the year goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And so again, you know who I'm keeping an eye on too, by the way, and maybe I'm wrong to believe in him this early. Something in my gut tells me Jordan Walsh might help them out a little bit. I wouldn't be stunned, but again, I don't know. Because again, he's got... young, he's still skinny. There's a lot working against him, but the, he he just looked awesome in summer league. He really did. It's a different world, but... It would be nice, right? Because you want to be able to get younger and athletic. Most important, most impressive thing about Jordan Walsh was the um, was the shot. Um, not only falling, but looking, looking like... And man, can he defend? He didn't look like a guy who needed surgery on his form. You know, a lot yeah. of guys come in who have who have funky shots or funky releases, and they have to completely undo it. And sometimes they never find their groove, and they'll never get there. How many guys did just? It didn't matter if they could defend or not. They were just so freaking bad. Winslow or whatever. You know, another guy the Celtics fell in love Kid with. Joe Chris. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few. If the shot falls, okay. And then all you got to do is defend. And so a player like that can find minutes, you know, as long as you're not a total 
liability. And who's he competing with? Hauser. Well, that's the thing is, if you have it, you have Hauser when you want offense, and you have somebody like Walsh when you want to come in there and you and you want to place more of a defensive emphasis. I'd like to see it, right? You'd like to be able to get contributions out of these guys. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't totally, I wouldn't write it off. I wouldn't write it off. You know, I think he's miles ahead of. He's got way better chance he plays than Davison. Oh yeah, Davis is not going to play for this team ever. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry, Davison. We'll see you in Maine, but um, yeah, that's why the preseason is pretty exciting this year because you're going to see the guys you haven't seen yet, the stars, and you're going to really let the the bench guys and younger guys battle it out for roles and see the flashes and the highs and the lows. And it's six days away, John. I'm really excited to watch some basketball, even if it's preseason. It's going to be fun. It'll be fun. And Hayward goes up for a rebound and comes down. Oh, no, don't say that. (laughs) it's the only thing that can derail it it's the same feelings i have that we had right before that season began no not quite not quite but man that's as exciting for a celtics fan that's a as good a collection of talent as you ever as as you'd had in a long time and you were really excited to see it happen yeah i'm sorry guys i'm sorry i'm sorry nick that was a terrible thing to say I was talking about it with a member of the Celtics uh, today, a member uh, of their staff, um, because I remember they texted me during the uh, Kyrie uh, Hayward press conference with, you know, the, you know, the, what was the signature line? The shit's about to get crazy, G. This is going to be crazy, yeah. And, uh, and that was kind of our tagline, like, oh my God, this could be really interesting. We're really excited to see it. And, uh, and I'd say as somebody who's covered and watched, Boston sports my entire life. That's this outside of a, a massive like finals or playoff loss, you know, late in the season. That's the worst I've ever felt watching something. Just the air just went out of everything when it happened. Like it, it literally changed the Celtics timeline. It changed everything about the Celtics future uh, all the way up until now. I mean, and forever, it was just such a. Speaking it, of that, before I, before I let you go, how are you going to keep people in on the Pats? Talking about a pit of fire and just <laughs> bad feelings. Look up yeah. below, huh? Uh, well, look, I, I'm not going to hide the fact that I think um, with the Patriots, you have to burn this village in order to save it. And I think unless like you the hit, fire is coming, unless you hit rock bottom, um, you're never going to recognize that there's a problem, right? It's and like sometimes this is what it takes to reach. You're never going to enter right? therapy. You're never going to enter recovery until you have your rock bottom moment. They're never going to address the problems that this team faces. And they're so obvious, but nobody wants to say it. It's Bill. I'm sorry. It's Bill and the way he's built this team and this roster and the hubris and the brazen disregard for what they need. Unless he has an epiphany and thinks and finally realizes yeah, I need help putting this together. I'm not as good as I was before. Or that's the only way he survives. Or right? somebody te- or Kraft tells him, like, you got to bring somebody in to make these decisions, or we're going to have to get somebody new for all of it. That's the only way it, it, it happens because this that's is what this is heading towards. This is terrible. Terrible. That was scary. And it's four Sunday. years running. And the worst thing about it is the future is. I know they have a lot of cap space, but if you're going to go sign Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, and Nelson Aguilar with that money, and Devin Godshaw, you know, a bunch of Jags, 
for premium money, you can keep it. Like I said, it with Bloom. I, you can- it's, don't spend it. Let yeah. someone else spend it. Like missing premium. If you're going to draft in the top seven, I don't want Bill making that pick anymore. So yeah, we've got some problems here too. Yeah, and that's where craft comes in, right? We're going to spend a boatload of money this summer or winter, whatever it is. Yeah. It better be someone who's making the right choices here, and he's made a lot of bad calls over the last three, four years here. Yeah, and so I think you have to hit rock bottom, and I want to see lo- I want to see loss upon loss, embarrassing loss upon embarrassing loss, because you have to recognize, okay, everything is bad. It's it's top to bottom. The whole thing is rotten. They have the they have the worst talent pool in the entire. They are the least talented team in the NFL. I don't think anybody would trade rosters with them. I know, I mean, at least offensively. Defensively, you have a couple of good players. You just lost your two best players. Kyle Duggar's a free agent. They're not gonna they're not gonna bring him back either. They're they are toast. Everybody else is a jag. And their entire offense is replacement level. It's brutal. Yeah. So it's brutal. And and it, Bill is just never gonna recover from that Patricia Judge decision. It was just no one else I mean, would look have survived at it this way. that. Uh, O'Brien, O'Brien's not much better. I saw somebody. I know write, it just set them back so far, though, especially the quarterback. Somebody wrote this. Might have been Curran. Um, it was uh, last year. It looked dysfunctional, and so you thought. And but this year it looks hopeless. Yeah, hopeless might be worse. Dysfunctional at least at least gives you the at least creates the illusion that it might be fixable. Hopeless means there's nothing we can do. And that's where they're at right now. It's pretty bad. So it's bad. Can't watch. It's hard, man. Watch. It's, it's, it's hard to watch. It's also the, the two saddest things about the team for me, Bobby is um, boring, but they've been boring for years now. So it's just not fun to watch them. (laughs) There's no one you're excited about. It's like, geez, I hope Kendrick Bourne catches a six yard in cut or like they throw it to Hunter Henry for on third and six for a first down right at the sticks. Like that's as exciting as it gets. There's no, nothing explosive, nothing to watch down here, you know, uh, you know, uh, so it's boring. But the second thing is it's almost worse is they're irrelevant. They they're irrelevant right now. The Red Sox might pass them this winter, depending they on who they get. They are irrelevant in the world of the NFL. Nobody cares. There's nothing. There's nothing about the Pats anybody cares about. Yeah, I compare it a lot, and I know people got very mad at it, and it's not quite the same thing. But Bayheim up in Syracuse, it was very similar. Success for decades. Yeah, and then the last five years, everyone's looking and saying, "Yeah, it's Bayheim. He's awesome. You know, one of the best coaches ever." And the results were just 500 every year and missing the tournament. And sometimes they'd sneak in and go on a run or show a little flash. But overall, you knew it wasn't the same. And then finally, one day it was like, yeah, Bayheim retired. And it's like, oh, didn't see that coming. But yeah, it feels Look, like that's I, what this is headed toward with Bill. Honestly, the Celtics couldn't couldn't have possibly started at a better time because the Patriots season basically officially ended yesterday and Celtics season has begun, which is great. So media day happened today, practice tomorrow. It's possible, possible. Uh, we, uh, we get a drew holiday sighting tomorrow, which is very cool. 
Um, Bobby will be there. We'll have more coverage. Uh, make sure you follow Bobby on Twitter for live updates when he's down there covering the team in person. Uh, and obviously subscribe to our YouTube channels, uh, Celtics All Access. Follow us on Twitter. Turn on your notifications. You'll know when we go live. Um, we're back in full. There's no hiding anymore. Uh, Samazova. Um, and our here. first post game show Sunday. Celtics post game show coming Sunday. Yeah. Uh, any other breaking news? Any other trades? We'll bring it to you. Otherwise, like I said, Bobby will be just pumping out content nonstop over on our Celtics channel and on our website, clnsmedia.com. And we will probably do another garden report uh, a little bit later in the week. And then we've got our first post game show coming Sunday, which is very exciting. So um, thank you guys for watching this edition of the garden report. Please support our sponsors, and we will see you guys uh later and it is great to see all of you guys as well we do appreciate it take care the clns media network is powered by fanduel sign up at fanduel.com boston and get in on the action with 200 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet that's 200 dollars in bonus bets win or lose